Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Kim Akrig and we are talking about how to combine the metaphysical and the physical and manifest the business of your dreams. If you want to learn how to combine the woo and the work ethic, strategy and manifestation, stay tuned. This is for you. This episode is brought to you by my best-selling course, Money Manifestation Mastery. MMM is really for the entrepreneur who feels like they are struggling with money no matter how hard they work, they can't seem to get the income, they can't seem to get the clients, they're stuck in scarcity mode, and they just feel like money is something they should have figured out a long time ago, but they can't quite seem to get a grasp on it. And for being a listener of the show, I am offering you 20% off of using the code podcast. So if you go to the show notes, you can sign up there. It's a self-paced course, so you can do it whenever you want. And we go deep on the subconscious reprogramming. And there's also a rapid transformational therapy session in there to remove any money blocks that you have. Some of the side effects that past students have had have been checks showing up in the mail, getting a raise, getting more clients. So I'm so excited for you to experience it. And again, using the code podcast, you will get 20% off and you can find the link in the show notes. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today I'm speaking with Michelle Wolf and she's a coach and a certified human design specialist. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I always like to first start off by asking everyone, what's your morning ritual? My morning ritual is feeding cats (laughs) and then coffee or tea and just time sitting in silence for at least 15 minutes and then jotting down anything that comes through but definitely starting the day with silence is what I anchor everything on. Yeah that's so good because I find that the way you start your day is kind of how it continues so like when you start from this place of like peacefulness and quiet and you can really bring that into the rest of your day. For sure. Amazing. And because we're chatting about human design today, can you tell us what your human design type is? I'm a projector, three, five profile lines, and my authority is mental. So my only defined centers are the head, ajna, and throat. Everything else is just white space. Amazing. I have one, I have two channels, but pretty much everything below the throat is just uh, white empty open space not empty open (laughs) so we've had other people in the past on the podcast talking about human design so I kind of like want to assume that most of the listeners understand like what your energy type is and like that kind of stuff and hopefully we can dive a little bit more into like the next steps of what happens in your chart but because like from my understanding if you have open centers that means you sort of like take in other people's energy and reflect it back to them so like how does that show up for you as a mentor? projector well for reflectors they reflect it back but for others it's you take it in and you amplify it Mm, so you receive other people's energies and then you crank the volume up (laughs) so (laughs) you feel it more so for thankfully before I really got into human design I was already I'd been a Buddhist for years and so I was already practiced at bringing energy through me instead of trying to block it or shield myself or things like that. So what I noticed though is 
now I notice when I'm around someone, I feel that impact of them and I feel it get larger and I'm in the past that would be feel disruptive sometimes but now I just am like oh that's theirs that's not mine and I don't have to do anything with it I can just be aware that it's there Mm -hmm. just like the analogy I use is swimming in a river Mm -hmm. when you go swim in a body of water there's different temperatures the top temperature is different than the bottom the currents are different depending on the depth there's rocks there's plants and you don't have to fix or change the river you just have to be aware of what you're experiencing as you're swimming does that make sense yeah absolutely so it's just kind of creating that awareness and being like okay there's this feeling it's maybe not necessarily mine but sort of just being the observer of it instead of getting attached to the story. Yeah, not trying to change it or push against it or the the biggest critical piece is to not make decisions from that space, you know, that we decide we want to do something or fix it or I, I was just talking to someone a few minutes ago whose partner is struggling and she's aware that she wants to fix it for him, but if she doesn't that's not her place, you know? She can be aware of his disturbance and hold space for him without feeling like she has to get involved. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess this is a question that's more specific to reflectors, but like, what's the best way for reflectors to operate in the world? If they're just always taking in other people's energy, like what's a good way for them to manage that? Well, reflectors are meant to sample like their aura is sampling so when i'm talking to a reflector i just tell them give yourself full permission to create a home base because reflectors typically don't like external change because their internal world is in constant flux Mm -hmm. the moon is impacting them other people the geography is impacting them everything's impacting them so they can get fixated and really not want their external environment to change so just knowing that they can create a little cozy home base and know that they're meant to go sample so how I describe that is like a honeybee in a garden they a bee goes from flower to flower to flower to flower and there's no judgment there's no bee out there saying hey you should just pick a rose and stay with it it shouldn't be bouncing from flower to flower. You know, they just they're following the energy and gathering the experience and being aware again that, you know, that they are mirroring the health of wherever they are, their community. They're the canary in the coal mine. So the bottom line for all human design is awareness. If you take the time and create a daily practice that creates a very um, fine-tuned awareness of your energy and the impact of others energies on you through you then you get to stay conscious and choiceful about how you're moving through the world Mm, yeah absolutely that makes so much sense and so how can we start incorporating human design into running our businesses well, it, the where I usually start with people is, and I run a 
eight-week group that's just focused on how to do this with your human design and everyone's question is how do I get clients right yeah that's the first thing out of everybody <laughs> help me get clients help me make money so uh, the way you do that is to stop doing that right stop trying to go out of yourself and get clients so because when we think about I've got to get something it makes us step out of our own energy right we're already mm -hmm. leaving our body we're already looking toward others trying to find the magic bullet the the magic book the magic coach that will help us figure all this stuff out that's all mind-based stuff so I asked one of my clients today who was struggling with this is how did you share about the last great book you read or the last great restaurant you went to you know like two years ago when we could still go to restaurants mm -hmm. but how did you tell people about it? Well, how did you share? Oh my God, I just saw this great movie or I just ate at this amazing restaurant. You just shared it, right? It was something that lit you up. You enjoyed it and you want other people to enjoy it. So if we come back to center ground in our bodies and human design is all about embodiment, then you're naturally sharing what you're lit up about. And if thinking about your work isn't lighting you up, then, you know, that's a big problem that has to be <laughs> figured out. But if you, if you love your work and you have faith in your work, why wouldn't you want to share it and share it wherever it feels good to your body? So there's seven types of ways people know what their body's decision is about when, where, and what to share. So people can stop trying to make themselves share on Instagram if they're not comfortable on Instagram. They can check with their emotions. There's ego authority, which is asking yourself, is this a fair exchange? What's in it for me? Sacral authority is like having an internal pendulum. It, yes, no responses. I mean, what a gift, right? Mm -hmm. Let me just ask myself, yes, no questions. <laughs> like super jealous. My type, which is mental and all projectors and reflectors need to talk out loud so that we can hear our voice through our ears and activate energy until we become aware of the click of a yes in our system. They're self-projected that it needs to be quiet and listen for a tug forward at the chest and the heart. Splenic, my daughter's a splenic projector and it's immediate yes do it no don't do it similar to the sacral but it's not on demand like the sacral you can ask yes no questions anytime you want to but the spleen is it gives you the answer and then that's that so if you miss it <laughs> it might take a little time to get circle background to it and then for reflectors it's lunar authority so they have to wait a really long time to make decisions so you're making decisions all along the path of business if you want to get clients you need to figure out what does your body say about what platform to hang on, out on? Which one feels good to you to hang out on? If you go on Instagram and you hang up the phone, so to speak, and you feel tired, then Instagram's not your place. And it doesn't matter what your coach said about that or what the latest book said about which platform to be on, right? We're, we're deferring we're switching from external authority to internal authority, internal locus of control. We're letting our mind take a break, get in the back seat, 
and let our bodies choose all the way down to those kinds of details. What's lighting me up? Where does it feel good? What does my body say about where do I want to share this today? Maybe I'm overflowing with energy and I want to email my list just a note about how much I love them. Or I want to get on Twitter and post a thing. You know what I mean? So when we want to get clients, if we're reversing it and coming from our natural enthusiasm that's body-based, we get ourselves so happy about it. We're lit up and spilling over with energy. Who wouldn't want to buy it from that? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just following the things that like innately light you up and sharing from that place is always going to be powerful. And I have a question that I've been thinking about a lot lately because I'm a projector as well. And like, I know projectors need a lot of rest, but I feel like I get to a place where I'm like, do I really need to keep resting? Cause I'll like do something. And then I'll just be like, I really feel like I'm tired yeah. now, I'm done for the day. But you always have that guilt or like that questioning. Yeah. Like, do you really need to rest right. that much? Well, it depends. Do you, if, if you're feeling guilt about it, then that's your head talking right that's the stories the conditioning the things in our culture that say you're lazy or if you're not which honestly the roots of that's in capitalism right we're not supposed to be resting we're supposed to be at the factory making stuff so that we can make the factory owners money like if we want to get that deep into it but what i would say is question where's that thought coming from do i really need that much rest like who says that? Where's it coming from? And what's the feeling attached to that? Like, I shouldn't have the luxury of flopping around in my comfy robe on my cushy bed while other people are working so hard or, you know, we're looking for the motivation in the question. And then for me, I think there's a misperception out there that projectors are somehow weak or something that they have to, they do require so much rest and we do require a lot of rest, but when you're lit up, you can probably go hours and hours and hours for weeks. If it's something that's on track for you or you've responded to the correct invitation, you can just go, go, go. President Obama's a projector. Steven Spielberg's a projector. Nobody on the planet would call them lazy, you know, (laughs) but they do rest. They did carve out time for vacation and stuff. So I think we have to define or redefine individually and as a, a world, really. What does work mean? What does success mean? Is it always got a dollar amount attached to it or can it look different? What have we been taught about what work looks like? And do we want to keep that or would we like to explore other ways? This year has forced people to explore other ways of working, which is one little good thing we can take, <laughs> we can take out of it. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I guess when I think about it, it's like, because in my business, I feel like I've really created a structure around like where I get a lot done in a small amount of time. And then I feel like I've done it. But then after that, I'm like, is that it? Should I be doing more? And then you get yeah. into this weird place where you start questioning. You're like, well, there's more time. So I could right. do more, but I don't technically. Right. Right. Well, and I think the missing piece in that is you're not giving yourself credit for what you're doing while you're resting. Mm-hmm. So projectors are deep 
deeply plugged in to the collective. So when we're laying around watching TV, we're not just laying around watching TV. Like we're processing energy for the planet. We're holding the, the template for where we're going as a planet. So we're doing a lot of things that are air quote work and are tiring, but you can't see them with your eyeballs. So it looks like you're doing a whole lot of nothing. What I tell people is we're really saving the world. So we need a nap. So redefining what is work, you know, I'm guessing that if you're, you've done your, your visible tasks for the day, when you're laying around, hopefully you're doing a lot of playing, but chances are one or more of your clients is in the back of your head or you're thinking about other ways that you can serve or you're thinking about, oh, I bet so-and-so could benefit from this or, oh, I think my community might like that. So I would, I would question how much rest you're actually getting. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I feel like in <sighs> moments where you kind of sit down to decompress and then you're like, oh no, I have this idea and this idea. So it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That still counts as work, and we don't do a great job of giving ourselves credit for that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It really is about like reconditioning what work looks like, and I feel like very it, much. Yeah, like it's a constant shift, and especially right now because before it was like you really had to expend your time yeah. for dollars, and now that's not really the case right. anymore. So it's really reframing what work right. looks like. Yes. And yes. And, and to look at outcomes rather than clock hours. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you are a person and most projectors I know are super efficient, if you can get an eight hour workday done in two, then you should be rewarded for and given those six hours because mm -hmm. you're super efficient like that. Why, why shouldn't you be um, rewarded for that? But if we go all the way back in human history, hunter-gatherer tribes didn't do a whole lot. Mm. You know, they yeah. did the tasks for the day to get water, to get the materials, and then, you know, they spent enormous amounts of time just piddling around, playing and making baskets and stuff, and you know, tanning furs or whatever they caught, cooking, eating. You know, our natural state of being is not this go, go, go burnout pace that's unnatural yeah absolutely because it's like exactly what you were saying like we've been so conditioned into thinking that we need to like sit down and work for eight hours and then if you're not doing that somehow you're wrong but it's like well that's not even really yeah. how work looked like in the beginning before we came up with like jobs. it didn't <laughs> right it didn't and then you have to ask like who is demanding that i work this hard Who's mm -hmm. making money off my labor? Yeah. They're, you know, <laughs> CEOs don't work that hard yeah. uh, on the surface, right? They're doing a lot of creative time. They're doing a lot of thinking and reading and doing things that on the surface to someone working at a desk for eight hours doesn't look like work. They have a different definition of work. We need to really examine that. Yeah, absolutely. And even something that I was noticing this year with everyone being in lockdown and not at their jobs, but it's like this was the year that people had all this time and energy to devote into social change and like protesting things. Whereas if you're working, right. if everyone's at their job right. to five, you don't have the energy or time to do that. So when <laughs> right. you really look at the structures, it <laughs> you doesn't... don't even notice it. 
Yeah, you don't have the time to rebel. So whoever's created this structure right. really did it well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's a, quite a few good things that we can take out of all the pain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, when things get turned, you know, on their end like that, we, we're forced to look at the ways we've been suffering, you know, because we have to stop. And people staying home working realize those two hours in the car to and from work every day matter. Mm -hmm. You know, just having those two hours back, just not having the stress of getting in the car and driving to work or getting on the bus or the train or whatever. Like, I think people are really realizing how tired they actually are yeah. or have been. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do you think that like learning about our design, like how can that help us navigate the sales process? Oh my goodness. Like I can't think of a, a situation that it doesn't apply to because we're always making decisions. We're making decisions on to get on a call with somebody. We're making decisions internally throughout the conversation. We're making decisions like, do I ask that question or, Hey, they just said this thing. Do I want to grab it? Do I want to jump in there? Do I want to jump in over here? And then at the end, we're making the decision of which, to, what thing to offer, if anything. And if we're listening and on our feet, then these are in the moment decisions, right? So we have to really be tuned into our body and paying attention because where people can go wander off the path is there's rent to pay mm. and someone's offering to pay you. But your body is saying, no you're not the right coach for this person or they're not the right client for you or the timing is off. Something is off here and your body is saying, don't do this. And your mouth says yes. <laughs> and then you regret it down the road or your body is giving you this creative impulse to offer something like a, a special package. And your mind is like, no, don't offer that one because it's not even fully complete yet. And imposter syndrome kicks in and you don't offer the thing that would be real the real gift to them because your head gets in the way. Mm -hmm. So when we, even in those moments on those brief little phone calls, we can take the time before we get on the call to really get into our heart and into our hips, head, heart, and hips, mm -hmm. clear your head, get in your heart, rest in your hips and let your body feed you the energy so that you can make clear decisions that serve you and the person you're talking to or persons I would I tell everyone create from that space don't pick up the phone till you're in that space don't write an email or blog post until you're in that space you don't want less than your best out there and when you feel really really good before you hit the keyboard it doesn't really matter if the thing coming out has all the right language or is typo free or, you know, all the things, what matters is the energy you're infusing into what you're creating in that moment. That's yeah. all that matters. Absolutely. It's like forgetting so much what we know about, like maybe the perfect strategy or the perfect way to phrase something, but just connect with that energy. Right. Like whatever comes through in that energy will be the right thing. Yeah. 
Yes, you can trust yourself. We've been trained and conditioned to not trust our body, to actually feel like our body betrays us half the time. Like, we don't know what to eat. We don't know when we're supposed to sleep, how much water to drink. <laughs> you know, we're like so disconnected and we're looking outward all the time. Somebody tell me how much water I'm supposed to have in a day. You know, it's like, how thirsty are you? How much body, how much does, how much water does your body want? It's not 64 ounces, that's okay. Does your body feel like it's okay with less than 64 ounces or whatever it is? You know, it's really taking our power back from everything outside of us. And it yeah. gets us in alignment. And when we put our body in the decision, making role human design says, you know, the mind is the passenger and the body is the vehicle. When we let our body do the driving, it's not Jesus take the wheel, it's body take the wheel. When you let your body take the wheel, things start to work in shocking i'm a total skeptic and when i first came across human design i was like blah blah whatever another you know enneagram you know i was pretty negative about it and then it circled back around and by that time my business was tanking and i was working so hard and i thought well i got nothing to lose and it really grabbed my attention the second time it rolled around and when i started applying it it took some time because as you know like as a projector it's not as clear cut as it is for some of the other types it's a little more fuzzy so it takes a little time but clients started coming out of the woodwork programs started coming together and in 20 this year when i'm ending the year i quadrupled my income from last year in a terrible year yeah. i quadrupled it doing a lot less <laughs> having a lot more fun you know <laughs> yeah absolutely i think that's so incredible and i guess this has become like a very projector specific podcast but i'm fine with that because i'm a projector <laughs> but yeah well as long as people come back to the body yeah totally how do you feel like is a good way to recognize when you're getting an invitation because we're always told like okay wait for the invitation but how do you sometimes i feel like you're not really able or like i guess just as a specific situation say you have someone like contact you and you feel like it's an an invitation but then when you kind of like return that energy they almost like disappear so it's like were you recognizing the invitation right. correctly yeah i think so but people's minds change right mm -hmm. so i think we have to give people the benefit of the, of the doubt a lot of times we we see what we truly need and we talk ourselves out of it mm -hmm. right so clients will book a discovery call and then ghost you you're like what the hell it felt like you know it felt like <laughs> it was a thing what happened to it where did it go <laughs> and it's not us it's it was in alignment in that moment and then something changed and you felt it right you can feel it when that it, it's there and then it disappears but that's not your fault it's not that you've done anything wrong the energy just changed you're just swimming in a different part of the river now it's got a different temperature you just keep doing your thing and your right people will book the call and actually show up mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. so we can't take that stuff personal, although it does really, it's, a, well, first of all, it's inconsiderate because you mm -hmm. cut the time out, you know, and then, you're lying and then they, they don't come or you need to, you want a new client and then they disappear. It could be so disappointing, but projectors, oops, sorry about that. Projectors only have a certain amount of energy. 
we want to be really picky about who gets the energy. We don't want to work with someone who's on the fence. One day they're committed and the next day they can't make up their mind. We want the people who can truly benefit from the wisdom that we have to offer from our life experiences and just what we're here to do. So it's almost like a gift if they don't show up. Mm, yeah, because then you're able to so, save that energy for maybe the next person who's even more alive yeah. to work with you. Right. Yeah, because God forbid you take that client and then you're drained and the people who were your people, they can't see you now because mm-hmm. your energy's low. You're not lit up anymore. Yeah. So it stings. I hear you. <laughs> like, it does sting. <laughs> Yeah, it's confusing sometimes, but I think knowing the invitation is there to protect you and just make sure you're supposed to work with the people you're supposed to work with. It is. It's like a gatekeeper. (laughs) Yeah, it's a gatekeeper. Yeah, Yeah. as long as you're playing and having fun and honoring your need or your cycle, your energy cycle, and listening to the voice in your head saying, blah, 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 you can hear it and say, yeah, I know that's what you were taught in school. And that's not how we're doing things now. So we're going to go play and take a walk or go to the beach. Yeah. And then while you're messing around, your real people will show up. Yeah. So true. And it's like so important to remember to like come back to that trust and know that like when you're there in your energy, you're having fun, you're putting out things that you're excited about, your people are always going to show up. They are. And it's like every town has 400 gas stations and 10 dry cleaners and, you know, but everybody goes to their favorite. So we don't have to worry about all the people out there doing the same thing we do i mean coaches are a dime a dozen right Mm -hmm. but you're when you're lit up your people see you they find you you don't have to try so hard yeah absolutely well this was amazing thank you so much for coming on today yeah you're welcome i appreciate you inviting me (laughs) (laughs) can you tell everyone where they can find you online they can find me on that michelle wolf dot com it's two l's m-i-c-h-e-l-l-e and w-o-l-f-f got to remember to put that extra f in there and i'm at i'm on facebook at michelle wolf 11 and instagram michelle wolf 11 i'm not too hard to find i'm pretty noisy (laughs) thank you so much for your time today thank you Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you love this episode, I would love to see you screenshot it and share it to Instagram where you can tag me. I'm at Kim.acrig. I love knowing what episodes are resonating with you so that I can create more content for you that is going to help you move forward and improve your mindset and manifestation skills. So that's it from me for this week. I will see you next week. Bye for now.